Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk with the Hoop Scoop, better known as Kevin McPherson, courtesy of Hogville.net. Well, Kevin, I know you were there last night. I heard that voice during the post game. You were very upfront asking questions. So, with that being said, your thoughts on last night's game with North Dakota State? Well, I thought Arkansas did what it was supposed to do. Um, in fact, on my Pig Trail Nation segment over the weekend, I was asked for a prediction. I had Arkansas winning by 18, and I almost got the score. But And that's before, you know, news got out that Nick Smith Jr. wasn't going to play. But against an opponent like this, there's no disrespect to North Dakota State, but Arkansas had arguably the top recruiting class in the country. When you look at the five stars, when you look at the portal, and you put it all together, and we know they got beat down at Texas. But but these are the kind of games at home you're supposed to win, and I thought Arkansas made a statement. I was very impressed with what I saw Uh, because, you know, Nick Smith Jr. is a guy that's projected to be the leading scorer on the team. He's going to be the, the guy that's providing offense, whether it's scoring at all three levels as a facilitator. You take him out of the equation and guys like Ricky Council the fourth, Devo Davis, who started. You know, these guys have been playing off the bench. They started in this game, the first game of the regular season, and then Trevon Brazil, who's been starting in the exhibition and coming off the bench, those three guys really stepped up. And we can look at it numerically and say that's an obvious point to make after the fact. But as it was playing out, I thought all three were aggressive and looking for opportunities without being selfish with the basketball. And so you know, you're going to have to replace production somehow when, when a guy that's, you know, arguably the top freshman in the country and a guy that's, again, looked to as, as sort of your, your offensive go-to, you got to find guys to step in. I remember last year, J.D. Note was a guy that was really sort of in that role of your go-to offensive player. Um, and, uh, you know, other guys stepped up at times. But I thought when you look at those three combining for 61 points, Brazil with the double-double, which he's been hit and miss on the glass uh, in, in exhibition play. But I thought, you know, 21 points, he knocks down three of six from three. Uh, you know, and then the 12 rebounds, I think, when you look at that combo and him playing off the bench, I thought that was huge. Uh, this is not Texas, obviously. This team wasn't as talented, not as athletic, not as positionally big across the board as Texas was. Uh, so you, you you expected Arkansas to have advantages, but that doesn't mean you're going to play to your advantages. And I thought Arkansas minimizing three point attempts, keeping it down to ten. You know that's it's hard to do. It's tempting to take some of those threes. Arkansas moved the ball for better shots, getting guys into driving angles. I thought that was key. Uh, and then they made four of those ten, so you were efficient in that low volume. You played your strength attacking the rim and the and the basket, which is what we've talked about for months. This is that this team was. Recruited for this is how this roster was built. Added length, added size, added athleticism. Get to the rim. They did a good job of that for the most part in Europe. I thought they did a better job of it in their season opener, which tells you this team is progressing. And it's a good test to pass without a Nick Smith Jr. Because you now you know that you've got guys that at least in one game answered the bell. You know, we can look at the points and the pain and the dominance there. Plus 20, I think, if anything stood out to me, uh, that, that that kind of resonated and kind of proved the point that Arkansas not only played to its advantages as a team, but attacked a team that did not have the physical and athleticism and some of the other attributes 
and, and went after that weakness. So I think, you know, I give it a grade of an A for Arkansas. There might have been fans that wanted to see Arkansas cover the point spread. Uh, I don't look at that stuff. I look at how they played. They got a 21-point lead. They never trailed in this game. Um, and, you know, and, and by the way, all five freshman guys who, who were in uniform last night saw the court. So you, you had, you know, very unprecedented for most one to have that many freshmen in a recruiting class. And we knew Nick Smith Jr. was out, but five freshmen saw the court, so I thought that was also kind of something I kept an eye on just as, I think, a, a goodwill thing from him uh, in the season opener. Now, that was one game, and they're going to play 35 to 38, 40 games if they're really good. Uh, they're going to play that many games, so it's only one. But does that show um, sometimes the value of maybe the transfer portal is even – bigger than recruiting freshmen because you have those five freshmen played it was their first time i know anthony black he's one for seven walsh fouled and i know that's going to change and there'll be a game where each one of those guys will probably win the game for them but when you look at what brazil and council did last night don't you think that those two guys most of the time you can count on them to give you something like that I don't know if they're going to produce quite like that in, in most games. What I do, but, I, but we, we don't know that yet. Uh, Council at 22 points. We really haven't seen him um, in, a, in, a, in a situation where he's, you know, more than 10 or 11 or so points, which is what it pretty much was. When You, you know, those extra games in August, you know, we've got those in there. And that's why it's, it, it's sometimes a little bit misleading because uh, you don't want to take that information to the bank when the regular season starts. And so maybe Council is a guy that's going to surprise us with production. I do agree with you. I think it's always, I think most men, there's a reason why he likes veteran guys. Um, you know, look at Devo Davis. He's not a transfer yep, poor guy. He was a recruited right. player, but he's in his third season. Third year. You know, right. he's been around the block. He helped back-to-back teams get to the Elite Eight. He had some turnover issues last night. And aside from some poor decision-making in certain moments, I thought he was very tough and physical on defense. Uh, created havoc on that end. Uh, had 18 points, and, and I thought took for the most part took some took good shots in his wheelhouse. Uh, you know, shots that are good for him to take. Um, and and you know, he had six rebounds. You like to see him have more assists. Mustman talked about that. But yeah, but it was the veteran guys that that stacked up. I look at Anthony Black in the second half. He got on the board. He got on the glass and started checking those boxes. Seven rebounds was second on the team. Three assists was tied for the team high. Three steals uh, was tied for the team. I he had a block shot. Yeah, so he scored three points. Most of those misses were in the, the kind of shooting range that he's more comfortable with getting to the basket, little floaters, and just didn't quite have the touch to finish some of them. They were close. Uh, not making excuses for him, but that was the kind of stat line at the end of the game I thought was good for him. And then Walsh, you know, 18 minutes coming off the bench, four points. He, he made his one field goal attempt, made both free throws. I think he had three, two or three rebounds. Uh, I thought he did okay. You know, the fouls were one thing. Probably kept him – he ended up, uh, you know, with, like I said, with the 18 minutes, it probably kept him off the floor as much as he might have played. But you're right, freshmen are going to have growing pains. Uh, and I don't expect, though, that we're going to see necessarily that trio of players. By the way, against Texas, when you throw in Anthony Black, Devo Davis, Trevon Brazil, and Ricky Council, uh, we may have talked about this last week, but I certainly wrote about it. Those four guys were three of 17 combined shooting the ball. So to see what they came out and did against this opponent tells me that that loss at Texas got their attention because even though the quality in teams are different, 
uh, I'm looking at the body language, and they came out aggressive, and they came out confident. It was almost as though a good week of practice helped them put aside what happened and move forward. And, again, it's a clean slate. Games that count. That Texas game won't matter later on. It only matters if it helped Arkansas, which I think it did. Okay. <clears throat> you know all these freshmen. You've talked to them and all that kind of stuff. What do you think about Nick Smith's injury, and how soon do you think we'll see him back? Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of information that's out there publicly about that. Uh, what, what I know about it, I'm going to kind of reserve going into any more detail than what's out there because I've been asked to. But I'll tell you this, the reporting from what I'm hearing behind the scenes, the reporting that is out there, I think are words that we can trust. One of the Some of the phrasing that came out was, this is precautionary. I trust that. Um, you know, and, and the other part is that it's, it's not, you know, it's not thought to be serious. Um, and, and again, it's, it's management. And so you see all more and more of this in sports. You had multiple players, by the way, Sheboy at Kentucky. You had two freshmen, Lively and Whitehead at Duke. You had another very talented NBA projected player at Villanova Whitmore, freshman. Multiple players did not play due to injuries. And I think we're going to see more and more of, especially precautionary measures for guys that are projected in, into the draft um, and, and, or high-level guys. It's not that they're looking for reasons not to play, but you have to be careful. It's, you see a lot of the players in the NBA now being held out if there's any risk of, of making a, an agitated situation worse. It doesn't mean it's a serious injury, but you have to make sure you take care of these things. So I'm not going to say that's exactly what this is, but I'm just going to say I, again, I trust the phrasing that came out in this release, uh, talking about it just being precautionary. That tells me it's not serious. Um, and the other part, when you're using a word like management, it's more about, you know, kind of falling in line with that precautionary part of it. I don't think it's something uh, that's serious. So when you ask me a timeline, I don't have one because that's also in the in the information that came out, no specific timeline. Uh, but I don't think, just my opinion is, I don't think um, – you know, I don't think it's going to be a shock to the system for fans in the long run how this plays out. Uh, I think it would be very shocking if Nick Smith Jr. is not available for the Arkansas Razorback for a big chunk of the season. I think that would be shocking. I don't think it's going to rise to that level. Um, but I don't want to speak any more about specifics because really at this point, we just don't know. All right, Kevin, last night, if you were counting, as I was, I was counting, uh, the eighth man that actually came into the game last night was Joseph Pinion. Uh, I don't know if that was a surprise to some. Uh, the other note, when you're talking about little to zero, in fact, zero information, when asked about Jalen Graham, uh, Musselman finally eventually answered that was a coach's decision why he didn't play, so yeah. he didn't even, didn't even give a hint of, you got to believe something either happened off the court or, Again, this is something on the court, and uh, Musselman was not happy with the way he's been practicing. But to say that, uh, were you surprised a little bit that the eighth man, now that would have been the ninth man, had uh, Nick Smith, and I guess that would have still been the ninth man, uh, but I know things changed last night, as as Musselman talked about. Uh, They didn't even find out, the players didn't even find out that Nick Smith wasn't going to play until the shoot-around, and and he already had a lineup in mind, and that completely changed. Uh, Ricky Cousins then uh, was inserted into the lineup. 
So my question will be when you when we return is the rotation. How did you see that last night? And uh, maybe the expe expectations going forward because we'd heard so much about Barry Dunning, but uh, Barry didn't play a whole lot last night. So hang on, Kevin. We'll get back to you in just a moment. Uh, it's Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Uh, Kevin asking about the rotation. Joseph Pinion last night was number eight, uh, if you will, number wise. Uh, those that entered the game last night for the Arkansas Razorbacks. What did you think about the rotation? And would you expect Joseph Pinion to hang in there? at number eight or so? Well, I don't think you can take anything away from that part. Musselman had a, a, a top seven that played almost the entire, well, the first ten minutes of the of the first half. Um, you know, you had your starters, which were Devo Davis and Ricky Council, Anthony Black, Makai um, Mitchell, who I thought had a really good first half at Texas. I think he was rewarded with a chance in that starting lineup. I thought he did some good things. And then you had Kamani Johnson. You know, Kamani played eight or nine minutes total, but he started. And I thought when you looked at all of the preseason, Europe, and I wrote about this, I, I was a guy that I thought was consistently better than everybody in, in delivering on what he brings to the table the way Mussman wants it. Aggressive, energy, uh, and, and, you know, playing blue-collar basketball. So I think he was – Mussman wanted to set a tone you know, to start the games, much like a Trey, a Trey Wade did last year when he uh, got him into the lineup. And we know that things turn for Arkansas. Even if Trey didn't necessarily play a lot of minutes each game or have a lot of production, some games he did, not some some not so much. So I thought that the, that part of the rotation with the starters and then bringing Brazil and Walsh off the bench, um, you know, that was the top seven for about the first two minutes. I, w I was – excited to see Joseph Pinion come in and be that eighth guy to check into the game. Because I also wrote about this. If you look at the October part of the preseason, put put Europe aside. He didn't do much in Europe. But if you look at his opportunities in the red-white game, the Rogers State game, even at Texas, he may have done more than anybody in terms of you get making the most of his opportunities, especially for someone that was not factoring into the top rotation. Uh, when he looked at how he shot the three ball, he was a little better defensively than we saw uh, and had been told previously, uh, just some of the things that he did. And so anytime you're working that hard, you want to see that being recognized by a coaching staff. I think it was smart of Musman to tip a hat to him. We'll see how things go forward. We know Musman's not afraid to tweak lineups and rotations. I think Jalen Graham, you brought his name up, not being uh, in this game at all. You look at his six minutes, he started against Texas. I was there. Um, and, and he, you know, he really did not have a very good moment in those six minutes to help Arkansas. And so Musman's looking at practices. Uh, he's looking at all kinds of things. Other guys may be stepping up, and so he gives them a chance. You know, Darian Ford getting to play last night I thought was good. Uh, you know, Barry Dunning came in. He was the last of the freshmen to check in, but he ended up playing 12 minutes. And so Musman rode with him a little while longer. And so he actually played – more uh, than any of the freshmen that weren't five stars last night. Uh, so, you know, that you could take things away from it. I wouldn't run to the bank with Makai Mitchell's earned his stock place in a the, in the top rotation or in the starting lineup. It could play out that way. I, I wouldn't go to the bank with the fact that Jalen Graham's disappeared now and that's going to be permanent. Again, I think uh, – but I do think whatever matchup Musman's looking at going into games, 
I think the further they go along, the more he's going to get to a point where he's sticking to a seven or eight because he's always done that. And I think he's going to settle on that again at some point. Uh, one thing I didn't talk about in the first segment, Randy, we were talking about Arkansas being better offensively playing to its strengths and limiting the three-point attempts, but being efficient. The turnovers, only 11 turnovers last night. Mussman always talks about wanting to be at nine or less, so that was a little higher than that. But this was a team that averaged 21 a game in Europe and looked really bad against Texas, turning the ball over 23 in that game. When you're down to 11, and, and though you're only plus three against your opponent, 14 to 11, you forced you had 11 steals as part of those 14 turnovers, and and then you you know you won points off turnovers. You were plus nine in that category, 20 to 11. So I thought Arkansas took steps on that part of it. Defensively, Mussman's been talking about for a while. He's, he felt like the team's inconsistent. Held this opponent around 30% most of the game, uh, shooting the ball. Held it to a very low percentage, uh, shooting from three. Uh, and this was a team that just came out of an exhibition game, granted against Division II school, uh, where it shot the lights out from three. So Arkansas did its job and checked most of the boxes last night. And, again, when you're without a guy that's projected as your top player and you come into a season opener, there was no guarantees that Arkansas had gotten its confidence back or had necessarily learned some lessons from that Texas game. you got to see it play out. And I thought Arkansas did that. But, yes, the rotations, I think that's a big deal because with so many newcomers, you have a lot of, you know, we report on this stuff, what we think is going to happen based on what we've seen in exhibition play. But as he drills down and tightens it up, uh, it's going to be, become more and more definitive as we go. Let's talk with Derek. Never mind. I thought we had a question for you from Derek. Uh, <laughs> rebounding, I know that uh, in the post game, Brazil said that uh, when asked about his rebounding performance, yeah, but I was three short of what the uh, goal was set for yeah. me by the coaches. Three shy, I would have made 15 rebounds. I'm not, yeah. I don't think of 15 as being the norm for most. Any player, much less, uh, I say much less, but uh, who would be the last time that someone averaged double-digit rebounds for Arkansas? Certainly, I don't think anybody has done that uh, under Eric Musselman at Arkansas, but I did think well, that uh, he went after the ball quite aggressively last night, talking about uh, Trayvon Brazil. Yeah. Well, you know, Jalen Williams last year was very close to averaging a double-double. In fact, yep. I think he did in Nine. the SEC play. Um, but, but, you know, they had to challenge him in Europe. If you remember, he wasn't rebounding that well through the first couple of games, and they really got on him about that. And he raised the bar in his, in the, on that in that effort part and, and going in there and making it happen. Had a bad game at Texas. We don't want to keep kicking that can, but, you know, that was just the previous outing. And so we're trying to make it relative to what we saw last night. And the coaching staff, again, is helping him raise the bar on expectations. So I think at some point, that's coaching a guy up, and I think the coaches have to have a feel, and at some point start to get that, even though these are still new to them in a lot of ways, and start to understand what they've got to do to get guys to where they need them to be production-wise, impact-wise, effort-wise, uh, valuing each possession. And I think a guy like Trevon Brazil, because of his length and size and versatility, he's one of the, he's definitely a player you want to get up to speed where you're not always having to challenge him as much. That He gets it, he buys in, and now he's kind of – doing what's expected. You know, Kamani Johnson, I, I'll bring his name back up. He's a great example of a guy that does what's expected. He, he knows what he is. 
He knows what the staff expected him. And now you want to get other guys maybe that have more talent and more upside and maybe a future in the NBA. You want them to, to understand what's expected and needed out of them because they're not asking Trevon Brazil to do more than he's capable of. And last night, that game reminded me of his last game in Europe. What did he have, 28 points and nine rebounds against a professional uh-huh. team uh, you know, uh, over there in Europe. And so he's capable – of, of doing these things. And so it was really a pleasure uh, watching a guy, you know, take that leap from what we saw against Texas just about a week later and, and take it to that, that high, high level of, of play and production uh, like he did last night. Anthony Black, what should be fair expectations? I, I don't see him as a 20-point scorer but I don't see him shooting the ball as poorly as he did the other, as he did last night. And combine that with, I think he only had three assists, and I'm thinking he should have a little bit more than three assists per game. What should be, what should be the expectations for Anthony Black? Yeah, I don't think he, you know, he's not a guy that looks to score. He's a pass first guy. He's going to get, you know, you'll we'll see him score in transition. When they play him off the ball, some rim running, getting behind the dunker spot, maybe getting behind the defense for lob passes off. He rebounds, so he'll get some stick backs. Um, you know, so he's going to get points at times in a variety of ways. Uh, you know, he may be a guy that averages five, six points a game somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but you're right. I think you're going to see games where he's where, where uh, once they start to click and come together, the, this team. I think we're going to see his assist numbers continue to get better. There may be some up and down there, but I think gradually it gets better. Uh, but the seven rebounds stand out to me. Three steals, uh, the block shot. You know, as a guy that's your lead guard, you're going to see him get a lot, a lot of block shots this season from the backcourt that you just don't see from guards. And so, I think he checks enough boxes. It's what I saw from him when I watched him with Team USA and the FIBA Americas down in, in Mexico over the summer. He wasn't really scoring. It was more about all the other stuff he does, and I think he'll get better and better. Uh, expectations are high, but I think he'll continue to get better. Uh, he's also a guy that projects to be a plus defender for Arkansas. He continues to learn how to play at this level. All right, Kevin. That's Kevin McPherson. Right? Is now being scoop. served.